I definitely have an accent in Urdu. I just don't speak enough of you, to, so it doesn't show. But I okay, like so say something in Urdu. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, give me a topic. Give me a topic. Okay. Okay. Shut up. Okay, my grammar is so no. bad. My grammar is not all right. No, oh, that was too short. Maybe something like, what do you think about Pakistan or India? Inshallah, what do you think about Pakistan? So I think it's a time that we... <laughs> you know what? Okay, whatever. Let's move on. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but I just... I get nervous. So, yeah. yeah. Welcome to another episode of Pakkord. Today we'll be interviewing Sarah, a mid-twenties Pakistani from Hong Kong. Sarah was born and raised in Hong Kong and travels occasionally to Pakistan. So she has a pretty unique perspective, which I'm sure many of us would love to hear. Now before we start, just a heads up, my voice is a little muffled in this one because I didn't have my main microphone for this call. So I'll try not to let that happen again, but please excuse it for this time. Uh, hey, so I'm Sarah. I'm born and raised in Hong Kong, and I'm here to talk about my life as a Hong Konger. Like, I know people say, oh, you're Hong Kongese, are you from Hong Kong, what do you call yourself? And usually it's Hong Konger, or Hong Kongian. So I can speak Cantonese, but I'm not very good at it. So yeah. I'm in my mid-twenties, I'm not really, like, <laughs> I'm old, I could say, but I'm not, like, old enough to say, oh, no, she's gonna hit 30 soon, so that's not it. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you live with your parents? Yes, I currently do live with my parents because honestly, one of the biggest problems of living in Hong Kong is not just living, it's also that you can't afford to move out. Like, even if you were mm-hmm. Chinese, um, a Guaylo, which is what we call a foreigner, like, it means foreign devil, but also means like a white person. Um, if you weren't even that, it's very hard to live on your own. So you kind of like live with your parents until you're married, which is like country culture, until right. you can actually move out, um, and afford to. That's usually after marriage. So. Makes sense. And it's probably not just about the money, too, right? It's also just family culture. I think Asian True, yeah, family values. Yeah. Yes. My family involves a lot of like those Chinese sort of like ideology. I'm not sure if we do it intentionally, but it just it just matches, you know, our beliefs and their beliefs. So we do follow a lot of the traditions as well. And we just, it's closer to view family as well. Like, wow, you have time because, you know, Shadi Kabaz, you don't know what happens afterwards. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, how did you guys end up in Hong Kong? You weren't born there, right? No, no, I was born here. Um, my oh, you grandfather were? Okay. actually, yeah, my grandfather came to Hong Kong, uh, like, I would say early 60s. And then my dad was born here. And then my aunt and uncle were also here. And then my dad married my mom in the 90s or whatever. And then we just got a wow. whole family sort of going on. So, yeah, and then I was born like that time as well. Yeah. Oh, that's just, yeah, it's just, I don't tell people like, oh, I'm born in Hong Kong, but. I'm guessing you know three languages, English, yeah. Mm, yes. So you know English, Urdu, and Cantonese. Yes, and I did take Purunwa, Purunwa is what we call Mandarin, like in high school and secondary in, and university, but I was never good at it because it's just, people say it's easier, honestly, but I think it's harder because I've been listening to Cantonese a lot more, like Canto Pop and on the MTR, which is our subway, our metro. So mm-hmm. it's just easier to be Cantonese, but I would say both are quite difficult languages. So yeah, yeah. I do speak Cantonese, but like I would say intermediate level. Right. Yeah. And how different are they actually? Is it like uh Mexican Spanish and Spain Spanish? Like that much of no, a difference? No, 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 okay. It's, so it's for example, actually, I'm gonna say like Malkyu Sarah, which is like I am Sarah. That's mm-hmm. in Cantonese. But if I if I were to say it in Mandarin, it'd be like 
Walsh Sarah. So it's totally like the opposite, you know? Like, yeah, again, I'm, I'm, if you're, if you're from China or from Hong Kong and you're speaking Cantonese, then don't judge me for this because I'm not the best, really. My accent I've, I've heard is okay, but I think it's atrocious. So don't judge well, me, guys. Yeah. yeah. One time I was watching this Donnie Yen movie, like this uh, martial arts oh, yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's huge. Yeah. And yeah, he was speaking, I guess, Mandarin in it, and they kept telling him to stop stop talking in Mandarin and talk in Cantonese because they were in Hong Kong. Mm. Uh, something like that. I thought maybe that you could still communicate, you know, if one person speaks Mandarin, one person speaks Cantonese, but it seems Honestly, like that's not the case. you definitely could, though, if you're, like, from Hong Kong, because, again, Cantonese is a dialect only in the Canton region, so, like, Guangdong, Shenzhen, mm -hmm. Hong Kong. That's where we speak Cantonese, and majority is Mandarin, which is what you guys hear in the media or in day-to-day -day life. But in Hong Kong, yeah. it's like actually a lot of political stuff behind that, the, like the language, what should we speak right now? But most kids, like most local kids, are taught both languages or just are very accustomed to speaking in both. So if you were to speak yeah. Cantonese then in, in China, maybe it wouldn't work. But if you were to speak in Mandarin in Hong Kong, then definitely people would understand you and would respond accordingly. Wow. Yeah, makes sense. So your, your English is actually really good. How did you learn oh, English? Thank you. Um, I don't know. I just... I guess my parents are accentless, so it's helped. It helps to have like sort of a background where you don't grow up with an accent, which again, there's nothing wrong with the accent thing. It's just that I don't, I don't think I have one, and it's because of like media consumption. I used to watch a lot of TV, a lot of Western media as well, a lot of Western TV, like Sesame Street and British programming. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like my accent is basically like I don't know. I was born via the television. I guess I could say, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, because when you, I mean, maybe I'm stereotyping, but when you speak English, <laughs> I don't notice any Chinese accent in there. And then oh when my you speak God, Hulu, okay, I don't yes. notice any English accent. So it's, you're pretty good at changing your accent, I guess. That is very sweet. Thank you. But I'm not changing. It's just natural to me. It's more of like the speaking yeah. sort of ways. But, um. Yeah. And you know, one of the hardest languages in the world. So I wouldn't. I would not brag about that because I'm not good enough yet. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of taking like Mandarin lessons. Yeah. The kind of thing that is not as important anymore. It's Mandarin that I want to learn because. Yeah. That is like the future. What really? Why? Why is that? Why is Mandarin the future? Honestly, okay. So China, as you know, is not even growing power. It is one of the biggest powers out there right now in mm -hmm. terms of economy, in terms of political, what what have you, whatever, right? So when China um, is in every single business aspect of the world, you need to know the language, of course. And being in Hong Kong, like literally every job description, every JD, everything you try to get part of, will ask for Mandarin. Will ask that you should wow. be fluent or you should have Chinese word processing or whatever. So that's one thing. In terms of business, you need to know the language. And two, like it's one of the I think it is the biggest language in the world. I would maybe one is English and two is Chinese. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. you know No, it's one Chinese and two is Spanish, I believe, and then third is English. Seriously, okay. I, I thought it was the opposite. I thought... Yeah, I always thought everybody knows English, right? So that's probably yeah. the number one language. But no. Yeah. Um yeah, number one is Mandarin. And then they also mentioned that Chinese, well, Mandarin, is the number one language to learn within the next 30 years to do business. Yeah, so I, was... I knew that. But to hear that in that sort of way, it's sort of, it's, it's scary. You know, like, we need to catch yeah. up. You know, I, I live here and I have no excuse, but we definitely need to catch up and get... Well, I'm way behind you, so... <laughs> you still could learn it. Like, come on. Like, you can still, like... It's it so up. intimidating, it's, though. Yeah. It is, but I know that a lot of people are learning it, though. And there are a lot of Americans yeah. in Hong Kong, like, like you guys, who picking it up, you know, they want to learn Pranghua, so they go to universities, they go to classes, so that's just to, you know, YMCA as well has a, a school here, so they just learn the language. Mm -hmm. I have no reason to, like, say that I'm not doing it yet, I'm just lazy, but, you know. Yeah, right, right. So, have you traveled to China a lot 
Is it easy to travel across Hong Kong to China? Okay, this is, again, political leanings. I'm sorry this is going that way. But it used to be if you had a Pakistani passport. So I have I have dual mm-hmm. passport. So as a Pakistani passport, it would be much easier to travel. But some recent law or whatever. Right. So they made it like you have to apply for a visa. And I'm just, the visa application is just so long and you have so much proof or whatever. So it's a lot harder to travel to China. If you're like a Chinese right. ethnically born in Hong Kong, then it's a lot easier. You could just get a card and that would like easy travel. But for someone mm-hmm. like me who is not ethnically Chinese, you have to get a visa or pay extra or get the passport. So yeah, yeah. but I do travel to China quite a bit and it's, it's the best mm-hmm. piece of shopping. It's just, it literally a traveling paradise because stuff that you get, you know, I'm not sure if you guys, do you guys use Taobao uh, in America? Taobao or AliExpress? Oh, AliExpress, yeah, right. Yeah, it's all from China, right? And that's, it's just, yeah. it's much cheaper if you buy it much from the yeah. source. That's, that's the point. That's, that's why it's so doing so well. So people from Hong Kong travel there a lot. And also for like massage parlors, which is pretty big. <laughs> really? So they're much cheaper in China? So much cheaper. Everything you can do in Hong Kong is like so much cheaper. Yeah. Right. How far inland do you normally go, though? Like, have you gone as far as, like, let's say, Shanghai? No, I would love to go, like, Shanghai and Beijing. As you know, I, w- I would love to go to Xiamen. And this is, like, the most, I don't know, probably who I am right now. But I would love right. to go to Xiamen. I've been to, well, Lowu Lakmachau, which is, like, the closest stations, but also to Shenzhen in general. So mm-hmm. Shenzhen is, like, very close to Hong Kong. And it's, mm-hmm. you want to drive there probably, you yeah, have a license. But, yeah, I've just been there. I want to travel more, though, just being the time and the season. Yeah, yeah, and you're so, you're like right there, so it's so much I think accessible to you than say compared to me because yeah. I wanted to go to China for a long time just because I I love the the scenery, the mm-hmm, culture. Yeah. So I see all these videos on YouTube. About- Honestly, cultural haven. Yeah, I fully understand. Yeah, really nice scenery, jungles and fields, tea farms, and things like that. And you would enjoy it. How far is the flight for you if you were to travel to China? Like, you, I don't know. It would. Be, yeah, you want to go, but like, this would be, yeah. it would be. Yeah, it would be really. Yeah, it would be really long. I'm sure from here. Okay, but definitely, if you're traveling, you know, you know, for like a long time, I would say come to China just for the experience, just for what you described. It's yeah. all here. Yeah. You know? But one thing that scares me is how English friendly is it? I've heard Hong Kong is a lot easier for people who don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is Hong Kong is more tourist friendly from what I've heard, and in I China would, you can actually get lost in. I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Um. Major cities in China do have better grasp of the language. Beijing, Shanghai, Xiamen is very yeah. Western oriented as well. But yeah, all the major cities, like if you, if you were to go to like maybe uh, like a province or like a city like Sichuan, which is like same for spicy food. I, oh yeah. Yeah, it would guarantee that they would not know how to speak English because it's not a thing there, right? Like why would you have to? So Hong Kong, yeah, definitely. But Hong Kong is also, you need to have some like knowledge of Cantonese there, just like, you know, Leho, like, how are you, that kind of stuff, because, yeah, we're not the most tourist from the city, despite our claims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, makes sense, and I guess I just learned that about any country in general, because my wife and I went to Costa Rica last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, I don't know any Spanish, right, but I have to learn a few phrases just to be able to be respectful to people over there. So when they say exactly. hola to you, I mean, hola is really easy, but if they, say, like, if they say something more complicated, like, can I take your order, or, you know, how can I help you, then you should be able to respond a little bit in Spanish. Right. And, at least please and thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, really exactly. cool. So could you like flex a little bit right now? Can you show a little bit of like, Spanish that you picked up? That'd be kind of cool. Like, yeah. Do you remember any of it? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, a little bit, but I think the, I learned a few like key phrases, like Pura Vida is a big one in Costa Rica. Pura Vida means mm-hmm. simple life. Oh, okay. And they say okay, that yeah. all the time. Pura Vida. That's so, <laughs> that's yeah. so cool, okay. And then, yeah, and then just like a few phrases here and there, but nothing big. But my point was like when I went there, I was so unprepared, right? Because I was just expecting them to like speak my language, and that's really selfish of me. 
No, just a general presumption we all have. Yeah, the resort where we stayed was very English friendly. Most people did speak English to us, but I just I just felt bad not showing effort on my part. So after the first day, I went like I just started learning a little Spanish on my phone, and, mm-hmm. and I put in some effort, and people really appreciated that. And that definitely helps. Like even Hong Kong, if you were to speak a bit of Cantonese, I guarantee yeah. you would have admirers immediately. They're like, like wow, like you you know Cantonese, you're so cool. Like you you put effort yeah. in knowing. I think same for us though. If we were in Pakistan and some white guy came up to us and spoke in Urdu, we'd definitely have a sort of reaction. Like, okay, you're teaching our language. Right. I think similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so tell me this: Your grandfather came in the 1960s, right, right to Hong Kong. Yes. Yeah. How many other Pakistanis are there that basically were born there in Hong Kong? Honestly, I would say quite a few. Like, if you go to the history lesson again right now, then in the 50s yeah. and 40s, we definitely had a lot of people coming, I guess, the partition time. People came to Hong Kong and they became policemen, you know, because at that time we're under British rule, so it'd be easier. So right. we have quite people from before my grandmother's time who were here beforehand, and they're the ones who told them to come to Hong Kong, who are, who are constables, who are like superior people in the police yeah. force in Hong Kong. And then that's how it got sort of, some people have been born here. And nowadays we get a lot of people who are immigrating here as well from Pakistan because they know that, you know, also one thing for sure is schooling. I, in my university, I met a lot of people who are doing masters who are from the army in Pakistan who want to pursue like, engineering in Hong Kong because I, I went to the university that was known for engineering. So we get a lot of those people as well, um, mm-hmm. here for education and then they get working visa and they stay here because mm-hmm. you get permanent residency after seven years. So it's a lot easier wow. to, assimilate afterwards yeah so are they pretty open to foreigners then yes and no honestly it depends on how willing honestly the main thing is language a lot of they are open for foreigners and tourism for sure but if you were to live here and to have like a happy time here then language is really important and if you don't know that you probably wouldn't enjoy much living here honestly and one of the biggest downside of hong kong is the people i know in pakistan a lot of people in america a lot of people but you feel it so much more because hong kong at its core is a very small and tiny city like we're tiny guys we're we're smaller than like that's a stranger here because it's one of the biggest cities in the world but i guess you could say because it's not a country of its own right it's kind of a city country yeah we're we're literally a city we're like special technical sar special administrative region we're tiny so it's you definitely feel the people, the crowdedness, like the annoyance you have with how slow they walk over here. So yeah. Yeah. Right. So you work in the business field, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I work in business, which I got lucky at the company I'm working at right now because they didn't have language requirement. So I, I did flex a bit, like you know, oh, I can do Cantonese, I can do this, but um, you don't have to because we're more international leaning towards. So mm-hmm. if you work for an MNC, you would definitely fare well better if you were like a non-Chinese speaking. Yeah. Right. So do you do pretty well, I guess? Like, do you get a good response from people when you're working, considering that you know Cantonese and you're... Definitely. definitely. It helps a lot to meet, like, you know, people who are senior to you and they're like, oh, can you speak Cantonese? And you're like, yeah, I can. And then it sort of breaks, right. like, it's like an icebreaker as well. If you, like, should say a little few words, they start laughing, you start laughing, and it just helps to make connections as well in your industry and outside of it. Mm-hmm. So definitely, um, I think I get along quite well with my colleagues as well. It's quite easy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So I think you might have already answered this, but what are like most Pakistanis doing? What's the most common job over there in Hong Kong? I would say my perspective might be a bit skewed because I just knew from my childhood what I saw. And to be honest, I don't have that many Pakistani friends. I have maybe like off of my head, like seven or, or something Pakistani yeah. friends. But um, <laughs> the ones I grew up with and the ones who left school and the ones who, they usually become white, blue collar workers. Like they become truck drivers, like construction workers. 
some who do really well become like eye bankers, insurance, like you know, insurance bankers or whatever they're called. I don't know if that's still happening right now because in my class, um, in my graduating class in university, we were all Chinese, so I don't mm-hmm. have I didn't have a lot of exposure to Pakistanis in the tertiary education or something. Okay. Okay. So, Sarah, you have a lot of experience traveling, right? From what I know mm-hmm. of you. Yeah, I would say I do. And you've been to the United States yet? No, that's actually my next plan. Like New York, you know, I'm coming. I hope next year. Okay. So yeah, I'm. I'm more to that. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're working on that. So you've been to London, you have a, you've been to mm-hmm. Pakistan several times, right? And you've lived in Hong Kong, grew up in Razor. And then besides yes. that, you've traveled to a lot of countries, right? Yes, I have. What would you say life is like for, I guess it's specifically growing up as a woman, especially, how is life different for you there versus how women are raised in Pakistan and then how Pakistani women are living in Britain. Like, what is your perspective on that? What's a better ideal place to live in? Um, before I begin, and I hope this stays in the podcast, is that I am not speaking with 100% authority on this because I have not been raised in Pakistan to give an accurate answer to this, but yeah. or in London or in England or in Europe in general. But I did study in, in Europe for a bit. But um, yeah. I would say you, have, if you're a Pakistani woman, girl, whatever you are, if you're ethnically different, I would say it's best to live in London or in England in general or in a more multicultural, multi-ethnic sort of location because in Hong Kong, we're very close-minded. You don't want to experience your culture. You want to stay in your own life. You don't want to be very Hong Kong, very local. And if you don't connect locally to the culture, like to you know the sayings, mm-hmm. the trends, the media, whatever, it's hard to fit in. So as a woman as well, or as anyone, you're a guy, whatever you are, the same this person, you would definitely fit better in London or the place where English is the main language or where the culture is so diverse, it's so multifaceted, you would mm-hmm. enjoy a lot more. But um, as a female, as like a lady, as like a woman, whatever, definitely in Hong Kong, um, it's not a big deal. We don't have that sort of huge problem where women are hired less or men are hired more. Um, mm-hmm. Because of my industry that I'm in right now, is quite male dominated. But definitely the language is the biggest thing holding you back. If you don't fit in with the language, you don't have many Chinese friends, more than local friends, and you can't really fit in. So life gets a lot harder. And you only have foreign friends where you all struggle to even read the menu at restaurants or to go out to Lang Kwai Fong, which is like a club for a district or whatever, like a city area. You just struggle <laughs> right. a lot more. Um, for Pakistan, I, I would say definitely, I heard that the statistic for living, for working as a female in Pakistan is quite low. I'm not sure if you can verify that or something. So only, I think, 25% of women in Pakistan that are working age are actually working. And that's the lowest in South Asia. It's not just low across the globe. It's the lowest in South Asia. So Bangladesh, Nepal, India, they all have higher rates of working for women. That's Still pretty crazy. low compared yeah. to the rest of the world. But Pakistan is the lowest. So that's pretty uh, yeah, sad. Yeah, it's eye-opening. Yeah, definitely. And that's my thing as well, like, to work in Pakistan is, like, at, at where I work right now, I had an opportunity to transfer to Pakistan. And I was eager. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. But the more I know about it, the more I think that maybe it's not the best place suited because I, w- I haven't grown up there. I don't know how to fit in as well enough. Like already it's kind of a struggle to fit in Hong Kong culture, you know, to work in Pakistani culture as yeah. a working female, working individual. I definitely think it's a lot more challenging and I would like to have more background on that beforehand, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, it's changing. Some of my cousins in Pakistan work now, The okay. my, my girl cousins. Yeah. It's changing slowly in the big cities, but yeah, it's still not quite there yet. Lots of people are worried because guys can be troublesome at the office and commuting to work can be dangerous in Pakistan. Yeah, that's also a thing. Yeah, like basic stuff that we take, that we take for granted living in big cities like, or yeah. our cities right now is that traveling is easy, communicating is easy, dressing right. how you want to dress is easy. But in maybe in traditional cultures or in 
very Pakistani cultures where, where gossip is like the most normal thing and everyone knows your family or whatever. And I think it's harder. I feel like it's a lot easier to work in Hong Kong compared to Pakistan for sure. Um, easier mm-hmm. to be like London because language is not, a, is not a barrier. And honestly, if language was not a barrier in Hong Kong, you would also do well here because there are some jobs, there are like a lot of openings for, especially for fresh grads. If you like in university mm-hmm. doing internships, doing whatever have you, a lot of like graduate positions out there. It just, I would rank UK higher because it's so much easier to communicate, to get along, to find your niche in the world. Whereas Hong yeah. Kong, you have to really fit in. You have to like sacrifice your own beliefs and your own cultures. For example, like to us, ha- eating halal food, no big deal, whatever, just avoid pork, just don't have this, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, everyone gets that. There's a lot of first problems about that as well. They're like, you can't have pork? What? You know, like, yeah. Kind of, yeah, a lot of this kind <laughs> of yeah. experience. I'm sure you have that too in America, but maybe it's more accepted. I, I'm not sure. Well, we do have that here um, as well. Some people are really surprised, but uh, yeah. surprisingly, it's quite accommodating. In general, when you go to restaurants, they have options for vegetarians, for people with various diets. And then, of course, they might not have a lot of meat, but they understand that. And there's usually an alternative that you can get. Like you can get a vegetarian, something vegetarian, yeah. right? Whereas there is something I notice here, some kind of problem when I go to Asian restaurants. Right. Their soups or noodles might be vegetarian or have chicken in them or something, but the broth might still have pork. Exactly. They use pork. And they bones. just don't get they it. Don't right? get the flavor. Ask, yeah. Yeah. And when you ask them, hey, I don't, I don't eat pork, or you know, I don't want broth made out of yeah. pork. They don't get it. They're just like, what the heck? It's vegetarian, right. but yeah. it's not vegetarian. And that's like, you're literally feeding me a lie. You know, like I, I'm not down with that. And same for like, um. The fact that they don't get that we're, what halal is a thing and that how we do halal eating, consumption, blah, blah, blah. It all translates right. to like other parts of your life. Like I was having chocolate one time at work and they're like, can you have that? Is it halal? And it becomes a meme for them. It becomes a joke that they can use against you. Like, oh, yeah. can you have this? Can you have that? So there are definitely mm-hmm. a lot of negative connotations to being Pakistani or religious or whatever, whatever have you. So mm-hmm. Right. Makes sense. And I think to be fair, any country that's not diverse is going to have that issue, right? Mm, um, yeah, exactly. People who are not Pakistani and are trying to live in Pakistan, I've heard they had a they have a pretty hard time as well. Yeah, I've so heard a lot in. of um, Chinese people moving to Pakistan, like to Islamabad for the for business or something. Yeah. So like Hypermart, a lot of it's like a Chinese company as well, and Miniso, which is also China owned, have been moving to Pakistan for business. Yeah, but definitely they, they find it a bit harder as well to get used to it and to get like our way of doing things. So yeah, both ways of course. I'm right. not saying if Hong yeah. Kong has a problem. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. I think I got a much better idea of Hong Kong now, actually, talking to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my monologuing is quite long. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, no. Cool. No, it's good. You're fine. <laughs> Are your parents looking for a race for you? Uh, no, my friends are quite open, actually. They're like, if you find one, great. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's yeah. both ways for me. So they're pretty open-minded, huh? Yes, they're okay. What about, like, uh, would it be okay if you married a Chinese person or something? <laughs> my mom would kill me, my god. Uh, for her, the one thing is Muslim, but, you know, for me as well. Yeah, um, right. But I'm a lazy person by default. So I prefer someone who's Pakistani, so I, can, I want to explain my culture to them, or explain, you know, this is how we do things. Like, yes, we're arguing right now, but it's not really arguing with us talking loudly at each other. So it's a lot easier to find your own people, but my mom is whatever. My dad is my dad does not care as long as I'm happy and Muslim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you raised a great point actually because I, I think a lot of people growing up, like a lot of young people, right? They mm. think it's really exciting and exotic to kind of 
marry somebody or just date somebody outside of your culture or background, right? It's, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. It's different, but if you think about it, it is really hard down the road when people like that commit for the long term. It mm -hmm. can be, yeah, there can be a lot of barriers. There's more work into it, yeah. I've seen, I've seen couples that are married uh, interracially, you know, past 10 years and they still have that. They have great marriages, but, you know, they still have some kind of... Honestly, in Hong Kong, I've met quite a few, like, Pocky Chinese, like, kids and their parents as well. And yeah. most, most of them end in divorce. Like, Chinese mother, Pakistani father, or Filipino mm -hmm. mother, Pakistani father. They mm -hmm. don't really connect afterwards you know beginning it's fun and then later on divorce or whatever yeah so right. i don't know it's, it's a whole new bucket of worms or whatever to deal with later if you want to talk about that yeah it's a whole yeah it's yeah. a whole different can of worms but yeah i think the first kind of worms is, sorry yes bucket of worms <laughs> yeah bucket of worms again this, this is showing you like i'm from hong kong okay i'm american yeah 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 that's good it's uh, <laughs> cool thanks no problem yeah thank yeah. you All right. yeah. <laughs> bye, bye. bye. bye.